This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a drippy Monday. Uh, we- warmer weather across much of the state and uh, warmer weather on the way as well, which means we're getting excited. Race season is coming. We're like g- giddy little schoolgirls. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> we've got a very full show coming up tonight. Uh, two great interviews lined up. Jim Hanks will be joining us. Um, and then Michael Simcoe will make his Horsepower Happenings debut. We'll talk to him coming up in just a little while. But first, let's take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. Chris Dyson passed Ernie Francis Jr. in turn one on the final lap, going from 22nd to first in Sunday's Trans Am Series opener at Sebring International Raceway. Dyson elected to change tires before the start, giving up his second row starting position before going on for the win. Toyota won their 200th race since entering the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series back in 2004 when Ben Rhodes went back to Daytona International Speedway victory lane on Friday night, his second win in a row. Fun fact, the first win for Toyota came with Travis Quapple behind the wheel in July of 2004 at Michigan International Speedway. LJ Grimm returned to Showtime Speedway victory lane Saturday night during their non-wing show. He bested Kyle O'Gara and Sport Allen for the victory. And finally, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has thrown his name into the growing list of ownership partners for the Music City Grand Prix in Nashville. The NASCAR Hall of Famer joins names like Stanton Barrett, Scott Borchetta, and Justin Marks, all uh, on that extensive list of owners for the Nashville Music City Grand Prix. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. Again, I'm Zach Heiser, Rich France, joining me this evening, and uh, man, what a full show we've got going on, Rich, and uh, you're getting ready to head down to Florida and Showtime Speedway, maybe, here in a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how it uh, how it works out, but I'm planning to head out uh, on Wednesday morning, and uh, I know the big race they got coming up here this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. On Saturday, open wheel and late models, so mm-hmm. uh, kind of the best of both worlds for that race. I just got to see if I can fit it in the schedule, but uh, that's the plan. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some things going on. We got a jam-packed show this evening. Hope you're ready. Strap on in, and let's take a look at what's going on, Rich, in dirt late model racing to start. Well, Zach, in his last visit to the 3 8 mile oval at Cherokee Speedway, a, a home track to Gray Court, South Carolina native Chris Madden, ended in shreds after a tire expired while leading in the closing laps of the 30th Blue-Gray 100 back in November. Uh, he was not about to let that happen again. He started Sunday's Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series feature on the front row and got the jump on pole sitter Ross Bales out of turn two and had led, led every single lap before the caution was displayed three separate times within the final five laps, Zach, for blown tires on some of the top five contenders. You think he was nervous? Uh, when asked if... Uh, he had recalled the unfortunate ending to his run at the Blue-Gray 100 under caution. His answer was pleasantly straightforward. No, because it was 40 laps this time. <laughs> so he wasn't really worried about it after uh, having it happen in 100. Um, it turns out he really did not have anything to worry about. Madden's Hoosier Racing tires had plenty of tread left as he picked up the throttle on the final restart and cruised to the $5,000 victory in the track's first running of the Frostbite 40. On Sunday, Ross Bales and Kyle Strickler would complete the podium. Let's go back and talk a little bit more NASCAR here. We mentioned uh, what had gone on in the truck series on Friday. 
Uh, massive weekend for Team Toyota. Not only did they win the Camping World Trunk Series race, as mentioned, but they also swept the Xfinity and Cup Series races. 18-year-old Ty Gibbs worked his way to the front after a four-wide pass in the grass. No, a actual pass in the grass. Thank you, Dale Earnhardt. Uh, on the final restart, allowing him to charge from fifth to second. He then worked by Harrison Burton for the triumph, his first career win in the Xfinity Series, Rich in his first career start. Then on Sunday, making his second start behind the wheel of the Ream Joe Gibbs Racing number 20, Christopher Bell worked through traffic on his final restart and tracked down race leader Joey Logano. Bell was able to complete the pass on Logano, coming to the white flag and never looked back in route to victory. Rich, that win followed some controversy. NASCAR in inventing the wheel it seems on roads uh, road racing they threw the caution as it began to rain or sprinkle or heavily mist rich and fans within the industry up in arms this morning as uh they feel that it, the nascar took a win away from chase elliott who was out by over five seconds i believe it was before the caution was was thrown for rain or heavy mist nascar threw the caution thinking teams would want rain tires Nobody took rain tires under the caution, Rich. Did NASCAR make a mistake? Yeah, I think they did, Zach. Um, you know, that's part of the strategy in road racing is knowing when to come in and, and get your rain tires. You, you've seen it, on, you know, on uh, throughout the world in road racing. They don't throw cautions and say, okay, now everybody can come get rain tires. You come down and get them when you think you need them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Th and that's part of the strategy in it. Uh, you don't just stop everything and say, okay, now everybody can have rain tires. Let's go. Uh, it just ruined the whole, my opinion. Uh, Chase Elliott had the best car all day long, hands down. And it just ruined, uh, ruined the whole strategy portion of the end of the race. You know, you, you talk about European circuits, not doing that. We've all seen the clip several times that one part of the racetrack will be getting an absolute downpour. They'll pile in 14 cars into that corner. Guess what? It's still just a local yellow flag. Maybe the control car will come out if there's enough heavy impacts. But, uh, I mean, F1, they're not throwing a caution flag for heavy miss. They're going to let their teams decide what they need to do. And uh, I think NASCAR has a lot of work to do as uh, they, they seem to be pushing this agenda of more road racing. Uh, they need to, in my opinion, implement uh, local yellow flags. We don't need to have a full course caution every time somebody goes out and gets stuck in the grass. And uh, so implement some local yellows and let the race teams decide if they're going to start on rain tires or race tires, or, or slicks, I should say, and let them decide when to flip back and forth, depending on what they've got going on. NASCAR's a, it's a leading organization. They'll work on it. They'll get it handled, I'm sure, but we're going to have some growing pains along the way. More locally, talking about pavement racing, young Ohio native Brandon Short has announced his intentions to compete fully with the Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model Tour in 2021. Last season, Short competed at the weekly program at Midvale, uh, uh, Midvale Speedway, winning six of seven events. In fact, uh, Short was ranked fifth among active outlaw super late model drivers, according to Speed51.com. The seven-race series with Reveal the Hammer begins its season on May 8th at New Paris Speedway. And Zach, uh, in a state known for short track racing, uh, Anderson Speedway is at the forefront of one of the most diverse schedules in Indiana. This year, fans will, able, will be able to see the action from the bullring on Speed51.tv. Anderson Speedway is part, partnering with Speed51.tv to stream several events from the quarter-mile facility located northeast of Indianapolis. Uh, our partnership with Speed51 just enhances our desire to make Anderson Speedway everyone's choice for first-class racing, said Anderson Speedway owner Rick Dawson. Speed 51's contribution and knowledge of late model racing will take the racing experience at Anderson Speedway to a whole new level. And then uh, on Speed 51 side, Anderson Speedway is one of the most exciting bull rings in the country, said Speed 51 Director of Content Brandon Paul. We're excited to partner with the track to provide our Speed51.tv subscribers with plenty of racing at the track in 2021. The first live broadcast, Zach, is slated for Saturday. April 10th with the ARCA CRA Super Series season opener. Well, Pennsylvania's Mark Smith went back to victory lane with the USCS Outlaw Thunder Tour during Sunday's feature at Southern Raceway. He started sixth and raced his way to the front, passing Saturday's win winner, Tim Schaefer, for the triumph. But here's the thing, Rich. 
Uh, Plymouth, Indiana, Zane DeVault missed the plane back home from Speed Weeks. He's still down there running that 16 machine, and he's doing pretty darn good at it as well. DeVault fell from his pole position to finish fourth at the checkered flag on Sunday. The night before, on Saturday night, he brought that machine home in fifth. So DeVault having some fun down there with the USCS. Congratulations to him on a couple of good runs. Yeah, we had him on the show. He said he was going to go down there. It's uh, it's good. He did, doesn't sound like he had as much fun at the Snowball Derby as he's having in the open <laughs> wheel car, right? Yeah, stick uh, stick to where you're having the most success, my buddy Zane. Uh, or maybe at least uh, take some more luck with you the next time you go to pavement. Well, Zach also uh, just announced today some local news. Moran Chevrolet has agreed to return as the title sponsor of the ARCA Flat Rock Speedway Outlaw Super Late Model Division for the upcoming 2021 racing season the arca moran chevrolet outlaw super late models kick off the new schedule saturday night on may 1st uh flat rock's biggest race for the class the stanley memorial 150 is set for saturday july 24th and will once carry sponsors once again carry sponsorship from moran chevrolet additional awards for the season and select events will be announced prior to the start of flat rock's 2021 schedule yeah, a lot of exciting stuff going on right now in the racing world, and uh, no stranger to excitement in the racing world. We are uh, currently in the middle of uh, our HPH Best Driver Challenge for dirt-winged sprint cars, which we are going to talk about coming up here in just a moment, but it's our pleasure to bring in somebody who can talk about winged sprint car racing on the pavement side of the world. Rich, introduce us to our first guest tonight. Yeah, Zach, it's his second time on the program, first time with you and I together, um he's been very busy with his 2021 plans and a lot of changes we'll get into all that he is the president of must see racing jim hanks welcome to horsepower happenings how you doing guys certainly uh my pleasure to be here now jim you guys had a uh tough 2020 as most everybody did i think you got about four events in um talk about how that was for you guys yeah, I mean, you know, we had to navigate the COVID-19 issues like everyone else. Ours uh, gets a little more complicated because of the number of states that we travel in. Um, we did get four events in, and they all came out very, very well. Uh, the ones we lost were either due to uh, local uh, restrictions, governmental restrictions, or in many cases, we couldn't travel through the states to get to where we wanted to be. So, um, you know, let me put it this way. I certainly had a lot of practice reshuffling the deck and redoing the uh, schedule. But uh, we're uh, looking forward to 2021 and certainly optimistic. Now, uh, it didn't take you long at the end of 2020 to come, to come out with a very big dis- announcement. And if I can quote you here. Um, moving forward into the future, we will no longer organize a traditional series or schedule, but will instead promote and manage several innovative special events featuring multiple racing series, racetracks, and divisions from across America. Uh, I think that's pretty accurate. Talk about that decision, how that came about. Well, you know, we're, we're all about new, different, unique. You know, we like to continue to grow. Uh, we want to improve our entertainment for the fans. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we've got uh, something for everyone and uh, roll all of our interests or the interests of our race teams into that. So what we're, what we're doing is uh, having some events that are uh, travel events and they're non-point. Uh, we've also got one event where we're it just have a television partnership. That's the one out in uh, Meridian Speedway in Idaho, the $20,000 to win. But we also have what we've always had. It's now called the Engine Pro Fast Car Dash, which will be five multi-day events that we will have the points, and we do have a points fund for that. Um if I can uh, go through my schedule, I think that helps explain what we're doing. Yeah, please. Uh, we open, yeah, we open up an Anderson Motor Speedway down in uh, South Carolina on uh, Friday, April 23rd, Saturday, April 24th. In fact, uh, we've been there several times. Great, 
great facility and nice racetrack. We have a Thursday open practice for uh, the teams, knock a little rust off and, uh, um, you know, tune their cars in. Full show on Friday, full show on Saturday, um, you know, with full purses. So, and there's no point involved with that. Uh, and if we can call that a bookend of our season, if I can go to the other bookend, which is the end of the year, we'll be down at Montgomery Motor Speedway in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Same thing. Thursday open practice, Friday full show, Saturday full show, and no points associated with that. Um, in between, we'll be at uh, the Indianapolis Speedrome on Friday, June 4th, Saturday, June 5th, for a part of the Engine Pro Fast Car Dash. We'll be at M40 here in uh, Michigan on uh, Saturday, June 19th, uh, part of the Engine Pro Fast Car Dash. And that's our only single day uh, event for the year. Uh, then we'll be at Lorraine Raceway Park in Ohio, August 13th and 14th, part of the dash. And then uh, I can't announce it yet because we haven't signed a contract, but it looks like we'll be back at a popular track in Michigan, uh, September. Um, so that's our five engine pro fast car dash events. We do keep points and there is a points fund. And at the end of the year, we'll have our traditional uh, awards banquet celebrating the champion and all the participants uh, issue the points fund uh, and have, you know, just have a really good time. Now, on top of all that, we've got two, what I call special events. Uh, first one is the American Speed U.S. National. And that'll be at Kalamazoo Speedway on Memorial Day weekend, Friday, May 28th and 29th. That's uh, um, going to be a very, very big event. In fact, it'll be the must-see racing 410 sprints, uh, two-day uh, format. We'll have our uh, must-see racing, now the Maxima Racing Oil, must-see racing uh, lights, which is our, our crate sprint. Uh, at that event, we've got the Midwest Super Modifieds there. Uh, the uh, touring group of the uh, front wheel drive, which have been uh, known as the Midwest Compacts. Uh, now they're the National Compacts. Um, the uh, Kalamazoo Stocks and uh, one of their other stock classes. So uh, a lot of different um, classes at that. But the big thing, the two highlight ones or three highlights would be our 410 sprints, the Midwest super modified, wing super modified, and then our uh, uh, Maxima racing oil lights. Um, like I said, that's Memorial weekend. And then our other special events called the Pink Lady Classic. It's Meridian Speedway in Meridian, Ohio, multi-day event in uh, September. And uh, that's a, uh, a joint venture with MAV-TV, and speed sport with the announcer Ralph Shaheen as a televised program. In fact, uh, Kalamazoo will be televised and live streamed. Uh, the Lorraine races will be uh, televised and live streamed, and so will the uh, Pink Lady Classic. So that's uh, what it looks like. It just gives us a lot of opportunity to go into new uh, parts of the country and not have to take or burden our race teams uh, with having to be there and be penalized. So now we've got events that are big programs that uh, if you go and have some fun and compete, great. If you don't go, it doesn't hurt you with the uh, fast car dashboard. So teams seem to be very happy about it. We certainly are looking forward to it. A lot of information to unpack there as we talk with Jim Hanks uh, from Must See Racing. I think the first question that I have for you, Jim, is uh, making this decision to not have a full schedule, a full tour this year necessarily. Um, you know, Rich asked how it came about, but was that a tough decision for you guys to make as far as, um, I don't want to call it scaling back, but, but changing what you do as Must See Racing? 
Yeah, it's certainly not scaling back. In fact, it's it's growing. Um, yeah, anytime you change up what you're doing, particularly with us, you know, we're enjoying some uh, um, success, success with car count, uh, you know, going to uh, tracks around the country and so on and so forth. Um, certainly, it's a tough decision, but we have never held back to make those decisions that we think is better for the entertainment part of what we're doing, better for our association with racetracks and uh, improving things for our race teams. So like I said, our race teams right now have everything they've ever had and then some. So uh, in that regard, it's a tough decision to come to it, but if you plan it right and go ahead and do it, um, We'll see what the results are, but it doesn't make it as tough, that's for sure. Kalamazoo Speedway seems to have really bought into the open wheels uh, this pro or this uh, season. We have uh, we have broke down their schedule. We've had Gary Howe on uh, a couple of shows ago uh, to talk about what's going on at Kalamazoo Speedway. I do want to ask you this, and I'm sure you've got this question a lot, Jim. This Memorial Day weekend um, at Kalamazoo Speedway is in direct competition with one of the biggest open wheel events in the country. Everyone knows what it is, and it was an event that you guys were a huge part of. Uh, that, of course, being the little 500. First, talk about your your separation from Anderson Speedway and that specific event, the little 500. Must see racing no longer associated with that. Yeah, um, I'm surprised we didn't get to that right in the beginning. We are <laughs> asked that question quite a bit. Um, going back, I guess, 12 years ago, uh, Must got involved with the little 500 to... Uh, we had an idea and a program in mind to have uh, uh, several races in the, in the week before uh, to help get car count back up where it needed to be. They're having difficulty with car count. And um, the idea worked. And uh, like you said, we've been there a long, long time. Now, something to keep in mind, uh, at that time, right in the neighborhood of 45% of the cars that participated in the little 500 were winged paved sprint cars that took their wing off once a year to participate in that great event. Today, that's three cars that got a crossover, which is less than 10%. Right. And what that all means is if we had a race, a winged payment race and they had their little five right across the street from each other. No one's stepping on anyone's car count. The uh, payment racing has uh, evolved. It's grown and there are clearly and defined non-wing teams, clearly and defined wing teams. Now the separation is really a part of our growth. Uh, we've decided that uh, we want to focus strictly on winged racing. Little Five and other events they're having there are all non-wing racing. So it was a progression. They're going to focus on non-wing. We're going to focus on wing racing. And, um, you know, it's my belief, and I think the statistics, part of which I just uh, gave you, uh, will prove that uh, we're not going to hurt their car count. Uh, the fact that they've got a race isn't going to hurt ours. And we think there's enough fans that want uh, the option to uh, go to a, an event on that particular weekend for winged racing. And, of course, Kalamazoo is a great facility. Gary Howe does just a bang-up job there. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But it's a, a big event. Like I said, we got the super modifieds coming in. We've got both our divisions, and uh, we think it's going to be the beginning of a long-term, long-running big event that will simply give race teams, fans, and everybody in this uh, sport of sprint car racing an option. And uh, we thought this through pretty carefully. And do you think, Jim, I guess um, 
you know, if, if you're if we're talking about open wheel fans, um, you think there's enough out there for that big weekend at both facilities, seeing they aren't that far from each other, really, um, you know, a few hours away um, for them to make a decision where where both facilities will have a good crowd. Um, I can better answer that about uh, May 30th. Um, we'll see. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't. I and trust me, fellas. I recognize um, somewhat of a shock value when this was announced. Um, but our race teams each year has grown. We've averaged over 20 cars now for several years. They're dedicated winged race teams. I think this year we're probably going to have 20 full-time cars. And we've got a pretty good handle and understanding of who our fans are. And I have a pretty good understanding based on my experience at the Little Five of who those fans are. And uh, at this point, you can call it a guess, but it's calculated. We think there's enough to uh, support what we're doing. We already know there's plenty to support what they're doing. There's no animosity here between Musty Racing and Anderson Speedway. We've had a long, productive uh, business association and friendship, and that friendship remains. I think that's probably the best thing of, of everything is to, to make that clear um, <clears throat> that you and Anderson, Musty Racing and Anderson, uh, you know, th this was a mutual decision. and Everybody's happy with the direction that they're going. And, uh, you know, teams and, and teams communicate and so do promoters. And that's what's happened here. I want to get off of this event. You guys have clearly laid the groundwork. You know what's going on. Um, and uh, we, we hope for success for both Kalamazoo Speedway and Anderson Speedway Memorial Day weekend. I want to talk about Midwest Lights. This was an idea that came around a couple of years ago, and uh, now we've seen it unfold. We've seen some races now, and now uh, Midwest Lights has some support with Maximo Racing. First thing I want to do, tell me what a Midwest Light Sprint car is, Jim. That is a uh, winged sprint car that's got a chassis that was originally used or built for dirt. So it's a dirt winged sprint car with a uh, GM 602 crate motor for uh, power in it. Uh, it's built for the, the concept is built to be a economical, to introduce people into our sport. Part of that economics, and maybe certainly as important, is to get youth into our sport. Yes. So a Midwest Lights uh, is a crate motor dirt car configuration that uh, you know we've allowed certain um, adjustments to it so it operates you know fine on asphalt. You know, for years ago, the, the cars were crossover cars. People would run the dirt, run the pavement, and just make certain changes. So uh, I got to add before we get into maybe some more questions about that, we are absolutely delighted with that series. Um, last year, we had uh, 10 cars at our events, and that's what we said we would deliver. This year, I can tell you it's uh, grown to, uh, right now, 15, 16 cars. And uh, it's done everything that uh, I just mentioned. Uh, we've got youth coming in. We've got new teams coming in. And another thing that that series does for must-see racing is several of the guys there, four of them, are now moving up into our 410 series. So uh, we're really happy with it. So this is a, a brainchild of making sure that we get more drivers, or, or trying not to make sure, but to try to help with that, getting more drivers into that 410 division. We've seen this up here now. We've got the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints on dirt that kind of help uh, give them a stepping stone into the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Of course, those are uh, a little bit smaller chassis and, and you know everything that goes along with that. But, uh, Jim, this this little series here uh, with, with the Maximo Racing oils uh midwest lights so competitive uh so fun to watch and uh, as this series grows 
like you kind of alluded to, I think it just helps the uh, helps the health of pavement sprint car racing. Well, there's no doubt. And, you know, as I say, the proof's in the pudding. And, you know, I cannot take credit for uh, setting this series up. This, uh, most of our teams are from the Lorraine, Ohio area, and they race uh, at Lorraine County uh, Raceway. Uh, and that track, before it was purchased, by the Maggio's last year, who are doing a bang-up great job. Um, they had their cars, and they had nowhere to race. And uh, because we have some teams in that neighborhood, in that area, um, you know, we entered into conversations about would Musty be interested in uh, possibly picking this up and putting together a schedule. And that's how it started. And like I said, uh, we think it's a terrific place to get into the sport because you can do it uh, affordably. Um, the other thing, once you're in into uh, a crate car, a uh, Midwest Lights car, then you've got an asset that you can trade up when you're ready to move up to the 410. Uh, it's a training ground. It's a place to be. And I can tell you, racetracks like it. We, you know, we've got eight events for this year. And several of those are multi-day events. In fact, we'll be in Michigan. We'll be at M40 Speedway. We haven't announced it yet in October. So, uh, and of course, we'll be part of the Kalamazoo program. So, uh, it's really working. I really like the teams. They're very committed, and they're extremely competitive. You put everybody in the same car with the same motor, all of a sudden the drivers got a lot to say about who gets to checkered play. You know, Jim, one of the things I saw just touching back on your schedule, which which you were mentioning is um, which I thought was really, really awesome. That 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 Indiana shootout down at the Speedrome, first time in 20 years, wing sprint cars are going to be down there. Um, That says a lot. Yeah, you know, now that that one, um, because of the size of the track, um. You know, we're very careful here, and we think uh, we really got here again. A really great event plan. Uh, but when the spring cars were there, um, I forget the year, but it was a long, long time ago, I owned a spring car and participated as a car owner in that event. And uh, it was one of the best races of the year. Uh, memory serves me right. Gary Fidewa won it from the eighth starting position. We had a B main was one of the best races a year. So um, Indianapolis is a market that uh, we like. Uh, the racetrack is uh, run by real professionals and first class operation. Um, seats a lot of people. I think that they're, they seat 7,500 people. It's got theater seating. It's a first class racetrack. And here again, we're, Got multiple series there. We're going to be there on a Friday and a Saturday. And we do have something uh, special going on. And I say we. This is not a must-see race. We're just one of the participants. But uh, we've got a deal called the, uh, um, um, gosh, I'm losing it here, fellas. (laughs) We got a shootout, a uh, time trial shootout with uh, uh, Late Mile. And this was a, an idea that we had, and we got uh, COVID out last year, rumble for the record. And, uh, you know, we haven't uh, finalized uh, what the uh, format will be like, but it's going to be probably a total of four laps. And it's the wing spring cars uh, with our rules package against the uh, late model figure eight cars with no rules package. They can strap on sideboards. They can put a wing on it. They can put special tires on it. They can put air vanes underneath. And I can tell you how uh, the interest level of that, I know of two, maybe three guys that have built brand new cars. Wow. Just to get in this thing. It's a 5,000 to win, winner take all. So uh, that could be a lot of fun. We've done the the, uh, concept of Rumble for the record in the past. And we did it at uh, Berlin 
Speedway a number of years ago. So it's a fun event. Um, guys take it pretty darn serious. Serious, uh, and you know it's pretty risky when you you tee up your uh, wing spring cars, the world's fastest short track cars, against guys that can do anything they want. So bragging rights are going to be uh, going to carry a lot of weight on this one. It'll be interesting to watch for sure, just like all of the other events that have the must-see racing name on it this year. Jim Hanks with must-see racing. Folks can find out more online at mustseeracing.com. You've got all the information there with the must-see sprints, the Midwest Lights, TV, where they're going to be, events and all that. Jim, it's uh, unfortunate we're just simply out of time for tonight, but we do thank you for joining us, and uh, good luck with 2021. We hope that that, uh, everybody can get off the ground running and uh, have a good season. Well, we appreciate that. Once again, appreciate being on the show. We love your program and uh, look forward to talking to you next. Well, again, thanks to Jim for joining us here uh, this evening on Horsepower Happenings. Great. We talked about it at the top of the interview. Great battle happening right now with the HPH Best Driver Challenge. Now, Rich, you gave me some grief. The sprint car fans aren't out in as many numbers as they were for uh, the pavement and that sort of stuff, but they are out in numbers, and we've had some competitive battles, and we've had some lopsided ones as well. I think as we work our way down this bracket, this is going to get really good. The HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco Metal Fabrication. Uh, This is for winged dirt sprint cars, and so far, so far, couple of grizzled veterans moving down the bracket here early in the opening rounds. Yeah, Zach, I, I have to give you a hard time again, just because I can. Uh, I know the dirt late model guys and the pavement late model guys are just laughing uh, with the numbers that they turned out. Uh, and then we're getting an early look at, at, the, uh, at the dirt sprint cars. But you know what? Like you said, I think as we move deeper into this, every battle is going to be interesting. Um, when when we saw the the bracket for this, it was like, oh geez, how yeah. <laughs> how are you going to pick a winner here? Yep, um, because every one of them is deserving. Captain, um, Cap- we Cap- just need to get into the corner quarterfinals and kind of get it broke down, and I, I think uh, we'll start to see some numbers going up and up. Cap Henry, a young driver that we've had on the show from uh, Ohio, has uh, knocked the grizzled uh, the grizzled veteran, excuse me, Greg Dahlman out of the opening round. He'll move on, and uh, Chad Blonde technically retired, but right up until he retired in 2020, he was a champion with sprints on dirt in 2019. Uh, I think he went back to back, maybe even in 2018, um, and uh, probably a future Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer. Maybe someone could argue he knocked off Phil Gress to advance uh then we just had steve irwin knock off brett mann a michigan motorsports hall of fame member brett mann steve irwin's gotta be a first ballot hall of famer when he decides that he's done he's moving on and then rich tonight we really we do have one of our maybe first treats of uh of our challenge we're going to see uh, these these guys are both really good drivers and really good on social media. Chase Ridenauer taking on Jay Steinebach. Uh, and Jay was actually the one that said, you need to have a challenge for sprint cars. So here we go, Jay. You've got a heck of a challenge taking on inaugural Great Lakes Super Sprint Series champion Chase Ridenauer. And um, this is going to be a lot of fun. And it's uh, underway right now on our Facebook page. Yeah, and Jay's a friend of the program, so we can call him out and say, Jay, you better set some records with your fans. Uh, you, you better share the heck out of it and we better see your numbers go through the roof. Uh, so, but uh, like, like we said, Zach, uh, you know, another battle, uh, chase is an outstanding young driver. Also a friend um, of the program. Yeah. Also a friend of the program. So yeah, it, it's just going to get more and more interesting as we finish up the first round, get into the quarters and the semis. Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. And uh, stay tuned, 8 o'clock every other night. So we have have one tonight. We'll declare a winner Tuesday night. So Wednesday, Friday, new rounds going to be dropping here. As uh, we we work down this bracket, things are going to get more and more interesting. All right, Rich, let's move into the nightcap. Uh, It's our pleasure to welcome on somebody that uh, we know for sure we have not had on the program. And it's interesting um this guy quietly improving in the late model world and we'll get into that let us know who we're talking to yeah zach i got uh, i got really used to this gentleman uh in an outlaw late model but lately he's kind of made the switch to the template cars and i must say doing very well especially in 2020 third in the arca CRA super series final point standings makes his home in clarkston michigan michael simcoe welcome to horsepower happenings 
Appreciate you guys having me, Zach and uh, Rich. Uh, look forward to talking to you. Man, first of all, Michael, um, a lot of guys seem to be making the leap from the outlaws and, and kind of dipping their toes in the template water. Uh, not saying that you won't run any outlaws anymore, but why the decision to add templates to your racing? Uh, just mainly because there's so many more options and more places that we can travel to and race. Uh, with the outlaw cars, as you know, it's it's very regional, very uh, Michigan, a little bit Indiana, a little bit Ohio. Uh, with the template cars, we can go, I mean, we legitimately could go anywhere in the country, um, you know, go down to the Snowball Derby is something that we've, we've tossed around here and there. Um, so we can go, we can go run speed weeks down in Daytona or New Smyrna. Um, just, just that, that option is, is what attracted us to the template cars. How has that transition been going? Because as we both know, those cars do not drive anything like each other. <laughs> it's, it's very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was a very steep learning curve for two years. Uh, 2018 and 2019 were, uh, you know, getting our feet wet and we had a couple of good runs, but consistently we were not a, a top five threat going to every race. And I think 2020, we really turned a corner and, and got the cars handling better, more suitable to my driving style. And, and I learned a lot in 2020 to, where we can show up every week and be a top five threat and, you know, hopefully qualify well enough to make the invert, which is always our bugaboo. Um, usually one or two cars. We miss the invert by one or two cars almost every week. So um, showing up and being competitive has been, uh, has been a big turn for us in 2020. You know, that 45 car, I, and you mentioned the first two years were a struggle, and I look back at watching CRA races with you, Michael, and it was like, oh, there's Michael Simcoe, being honest, right, a back marker, and that all changed in 2020 right out of the gate. We go, we all look for our first race of the season. I think, Rich, it might have been yours. Uh, that, of course, outside of Speed Fest down in Georgia. Last year, we all head out to Lebanon, I-44 Speedway in Lebanon, Missouri, and Michael, you put on a whale of a performance. You bring that 45 uh, car home in fifth place. Of course, everyone remembers the battle between Carson Hosevar and Stephen Nassie. But you mm -hmm. had a, you quietly had a top five run there to start the season, and that kind of set the precedent for the rest of the year. Talk to me about that run. How happy were you to have that finish right out of the gate? Oh, that was that was amazing. To be honest, I mean, we went down there, and you know, you YouTube videos uh the races from years past and and just watching some of them we my dad myself the guys that helped were like you know this looks like a track that that i could be pretty acclimated with right away and sure enough we went down there and you know it, we we practiced well right out of the box didn't make a whole lot of changes i mean van dorn racing butch and johnny and those guys they do an amazing job you know, with our setups and getting the car ready for each race. And we showed up and, and we were fast right out of the trailer. And just like I said, we, we missed the invert by one car. It could have been a different race had, had we made the invert. But uh, it, a lot of my driving style is, is ride and patience. And, and it, it paid off in that race because all those guys got to racing and we crept back into the picture and, and we're beating on the door for, you know, a top four, top three run. Uh, ended up fifth, which was which was amazing. Just a great way to start the season. You know, I talked about setting the precedent. The rest of the season, um, next few races, kind of a struggle um, for that 45 car. But you guys picked it up and found a way to get yourselves into the ARCA CRA Super Series uh, playoffs that uh, chase for the championship as they talk about it how did you guys manage mm -hmm. to get in with with a couple of uh, really a really a couple of struggles along the way this year yeah anderson speedway uh got 
got caught up in somebody else's wreck and, and ripped the right front off the car. Um, Jennerstown, we actually, it doesn't show it on the, you know, the rundown, but we had an absolute rocket ship at Jennerstown in July and qualified way in the back 22nd, 23rd. And by lap 75, the first break they had, we were, we, I drove my way up to seventh place. Um, but then we broke a motor. So just, I kind of call it the Simcoe black cloud that I just got to figure out a way to get it off of my head. But, um, I think, I think the biggest thing honestly was 2020 was such a crapshoot for a lot of people. And, and just being that we were at all the races, that was, that was what got us into the top eight for the chase. Um, and then having, having that run at I-44, uh, at the end of the year yeah, is really what propelled us into that final four. I'm glad you brought that up because you returned to Lebanon, uh, in September. Uh, we, we talked about top five out of the gate runner up, uh, in September back there at Lebanon, I-44. And of course you ran up to, uh, uh fellow Michigan native, uh, Carson Hosevar, uh, finishing second in that one as well. And, and yeah, you're right. That, that helps you get into that chase and, and get ready. You follow that up with an eighth place finish at Toledo, um, Bristol short track nationals. Everyone remembers what happened there with tires and accidents and the whole bit. We won't even dive into that uh, tough, tough race there. Then you go to Winchester to cap things off and, and just, you know, stay out of trouble, mind your own business, run your own race, bring it home in 13th, just three spots out of the top 10. And, and that was good enough to seal a third place finish in the points. Well, I mean, if we want to go back just a little bit and look at Bristol, um, well, if you want to look at Toledo, the week before Toledo, we ran Berlin and destroyed our car at Berlin and had to, had to get another car, went to Toledo for a brand new car and, uh, and didn't struggle, but didn't really perform like we had hoped and then went to Bristol. And really all I had to do at Bristol was ride. And 10 laps into the race, I blew a power steering line and ran 90 laps at Bristol with no power steering. So that was, that was less than enjoyable. And then to, to, to come away from that race, being told that we missed the final four by one point and, and just, just defeated like crazy, like wind from the sails, everything you can think of just, it was terrible. And then got a call from CRA a couple of days later saying they made a scoring mistake and, and that we finally, that we are in the final four for Winchester. Um, and then just, just no luck at Winchester. Two, two flat tires under green uh, relegated us to that 13th place finish. But, but it, was, uh, it was a whale of a season for sure. You know, Michael, I think um, we, you have, we have a common friend that I think helped you out and, you know, I call him uh, my crew chief for hire. Uh, Jimmy Tucker came on board and helped you out after he, uh, you know, tore up his machine pretty good uh, out there at Jennerstown, I believe it was. How important mm-hmm. was that? Jimmy was, Jimmy, for the last couple of years, Jimmy's been uh, been going with us everywhere. And uh, he's, I mean, he's growing and, and gotten smarter every race. And just his help was uh, incredible for the last couple of years. Um, wouldn't wouldn't have had the finishes that we had without Jimmy. No question about it. Uh, he's really good friends with Butch Van Dorn, and and they work really closely together. So uh, we, you know, between between those two, we just we really all clicked together and and made the cars competitive all season. And and not a bad guy. I mean, he's he's got some championships under his belt, uh, helping Frank Giovanni to a few championships. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Jim Jimmy's one of my really good friends. I mean, we uh, can't say enough good things about him. We just we our families go back to the Mount Clemens days. You know, Dave, and then us working together now. It's just funny how things come full circle. 
so Arca CRA Super Series, third place, uh, a massive achievement, something to be proud of for sure. Of course, with uh, everything going on in the COVID-19 situation, no no banquet in Indianapolis this year. But there was a virtual banquet, and Michael, I think that perhaps one of the things you're most proud of, and I love this post that you put on your personal Facebook page, was your uh, Sunoco Race Fuel Sportsman of the Year Award that was given to you by the Arca CRA Super Series. Why did that award mean so much to you? I was just, I, I honestly, because I've never raced a full season with CRA, I didn't even know that this was an award. And then reading about it and, and realizing that I was the recipient of it this year, it was, uh, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, <laughs> my name is, uh, is linked to one certain, uh, incident that happened about 15 years ago you mean the most you, you mean from, the, you mean the most famous video evidence to ever come out of toledo speedway <laughs> i i think we're talking about the same thing yeah, it's, yeah okay I yeah uh-huh uh yeah Michael, go i was gonna that, let i was gonna let zach talk to you about that because i was there so i don't i don't need the story i, I saw the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah i i still see it pretty much every other week i think uh but yeah, to to go from from that to, I mean, it's it's an incredible honor to receive that award number one, and and I think the old homage uh, with age comes maturity. I think that might be that might fit well in this case also. You know, I do want to talk about what it is we're talking about because uh, we're coming up, gentlemen, believe it or not, on 15 years since that incident happened at the Glass City 200 at Toledo Speedway. Um, Michael, I want, to, I want to break this down a little bit. I know you've spent your entire life talking about it, but but take us through what happened for those who maybe weren't alive at the time that this happened and are, are, now, uh, are now part of the sport. Um, Glass City 200, everyone knows, massive event, Outlaws, uh, uh, Outlaw Super Late Models, and you, you, uh, for for lack of a better term, get wrecked. Uh, there's pictures out there of your car, all four tires off the, off the ground, and and big impact, and emotions kind of got the best of everybody. Uh, to say the least. I mean, that's that's all you can say. Anybody who's strapped into a race car knows, you know how the adrenaline gets rolling and it it takes you over honestly and i don't come down from a race sometimes for hours afterwards until i'm back to even keel but that situation was uh we were i think we we started 21st i think we won the last chance rate one of the last chance races uh picking our way through the field. We were inside the top 10 and the lap car of the 20, uh, coming into three to take the green. We weren't even under green flag conditions, got left reared and just out of nowhere. And the situation with him was, that's the third time that that's happened that that he's taken me out of a race and an absolutely junked race car on me uh so once once the wrecking stopped and i was sitting in the car trying to gather my bearings what just happened and my dad you know let me know in a calm manner not really that <laughs> i just got taken out uh so yeah, it was. Uh, then the video evidence happened. Yeah, I, I want to ask you. Um, Fifteen years later, almost. Um, did you ever, or do you ever, uh, regret what you did, or do you just accept that that was your reaction to to totaling a race car, and um, it, it gave you your fifteen seconds of fame for eternity in the motorsports world? You know, it, it's it's crazy to think that it has lasted this long. I mean, 15 seconds of fame has turned into, like you said, and it's it's, it's never going away. Um, regret? I don't know that I like you. It's 
it's something that happened in the heat of the moment. I, I own it now. I mean, it is, it's, it's just really, it's just part of who I am at this point. It's, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't, I don't think I regret it. It's, it was something that, that happened and, and we move on, but we'll talk about it forever. And Zach, I, we'll move on to something else, but I will say just to close the subject, he didn't even say the gentleman's name. We'll just yep, leave it as that. He did that. a great job. <laughs> he did a great job. And we don't need to either because uh, let bygones be bygones for sure. Yeah, but oh, Michael, absolutely. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen him in the, the past few years, and, and there's no, no animosity, no hard feelings, but uh, that, was just, that was just what happened. So, Michael, you end up having a pretty decent season um, with CRA. What are you looking to do here? Are you going to do a little bit of both outlaw and uh, and template uh, in 2021, or are you going to try to take the next step and maybe get you a championship? At this point right now, the main focus is on CRA. We're going we're gonna to go down to Cordell and run watermelon uh, next month and then gear up for for what we hope to be another – you know, Winchester 400 showing in the, in the final four, uh, hopefully come out of that with the, the big hardware this year. Michael, as, as we... far as outlaws, I'm, I don't think, so my outlaw career, the last 10 years has been a partnership with my uncle and, uh, he's been, you know, we've, we've just been trying to sell that car and, and see if we want to go about it another way, but, but the main focus for 2021 is going to be on the CRA. Michael, as we get ready to close out here, I, I got to ask you, as I was getting ready for tonight's interview, kind of going through some stuff, um, you've got a daughter at home that uh, that clearly you, you two have a, an inseparable connection. You guys uh, appear to have a lot of fun. Are you planning on uh, getting that uh, that young lady behind the wheel of a race car anytime soon? I don't think so, but you really never can. <laughs> that didn't tell. sound real confident. <laughs> it sounds like maybe I, maybe Michael wants it to happen, but we're talking about a teenage girl here. It it might actually be the other way around. Oh, okay, all right. We're we're talking about a teenage girl, and I'm her father, and she's she's made mention of it a few times, but I didn't start. And I, I really appreciate the way my dad did it with me. Uh, I did high school. I did sports. I, I did all of that. And then my first year out of high school was my first year behind the, behind the wheel of a race car. And I know now, you know, everyone did go-karts growing up and has been racing since they're six years old. Uh, I really, I really cherish the fact that, that I got to have my whole high school life and sports career and then move on into racing after high school. Uh, She is absolutely a dynamite softball player. And right now that's, that's her main focus. So as far as getting behind a wheel, I'm dreading two years from now when she has to do it every day. Yeah. With the license. You'll be in trouble if she says, well, Katie Hettinger and do, can do it. Why can't I do it? No way to go, Rich. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's where you say, because I'm dad and I said so. Good luck, Michael. Uh, way to go. I can give you Rich France's address if you need to go have a chat with him uh, for, for giving him... <laughs> Given her that ammunition, um, Michael, goals for this year, and and then we'll let you go. Goals for twenty twenty one. You you kind of alluded to it though. Final four at uh, at Winchester. You want to be racing for a championship again, no question, with the Arca CRA Super Series. That is the goal, yes, sir. To, uh, I I really do think we're on the cusp of our first win uh, with with the template cars. So. Uh, Goal number one would be to get a checkered flag and 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 make our way to the chase. Um, like I said, I think with the help that we have between Van Dorn Racing and and everything that 
my dad does for me and, and puts into, you know, housing the car and hauling it everywhere. Uh, Kevin Piper is, is just an amazing spotter for me. Does, does a whale of a job, does tires. I mean, doesn't ask for anything, just, just loves racing. And, and one of my real good friends, uh, just really looking forward to 2021 and, and getting rolling here. I guess the last question for me is, do you have a racetrack that you foresee being that place where you pick up your first win? It'd probably be easy for a lot of folks to say, oh, it's going to come at Toledo. But where where do you think it's going to come at? Uh, you know, I've, I've always had really strong runs when I ran the ARCA Remax, ARCA Menard series when we went to Salem. And that's one of the first races on the CRA schedule this year. I, I really am looking forward to that one. Um, I just, that, that track really suits my, uh, craziness, I guess, because <laughs> that track is, is wild fast and, I I just I'm really looking forward to getting there in April. And and I was gonna say you hope it's not Toledo because you gotta wait till the end of the season. That's a good point. That's a long ways away. Yeah, no, I I, I think we can have some good runs. Uh I I not the CRA co sanctioning with Berlin at any of their races? I believe uh, I should know the answer to this question. Um I believe that they are back on uh at berlin let me see here so money in the bank 150 wednesday june 9th that's a non-points race but it is a cra sanctioned event uh berlin battle at berlin 251 is a points race but that's end of the year michael back in august yeah i i think we're gonna run a couple of berlin uh bigger shows you know that they run for the they got some five thousand to win races and stuff so I'd like to I'd like to pick up a checker flag there. Uh Berlin has has been great to me lately. Um not counting when I destroyed a race car in <laughs> September, but I I really look forward to getting back there as well. Well, Michael, it's been a pleasure to chat with you, man. Uh, I love that you're open to talk about one of the the biggest things in the sports world that folks are talking about uh even 15 years from now. And I love the fact too that you're making gains in that super late model, and uh, man, I, I do hope you get a checkered flag this year. And uh, we'd love to see you battling for a championship again in Winchester when we go down there. I really appreciate you guys having me, Zach and uh, and Rich. We'll talk to you soon. I hope. Well, again, our thanks to Michael and uh, Jim Hanks as well at the uh, earlier part of the show. This has been a massive show with a couple of really good guests with a whole lot of information. Rich, you're uh, you're about to jump on the old jet airliner and head on down south to Florida. What's coming up on the upcoming calendar? Well, uh, what I have on the plan, which is every bit of in my plans, I'm just hoping nothing ruins it. But uh, coming up, you, you had the, the led the show off at, with the uh, story at the Showtime Speedway. Well, next this coming Saturday, February 27th, Zach, uh, this, I, I don't know how I can miss this show. Round two of the Dave Steele Non-Wing World Championships, 125 laps on Saturday, for the non-wing sprint cars. And then, if that isn't enough for you, 100 laps, $10,000 to win for the template body super late models. Um, I think I'm going to have to go and catch both of those. Those got to be amazing races. Yeah, and you know what? We uh, haven't even talked about it yet, but uh, an event that we have seen a couple of Michigan guys go down and do, and we haven't really seen anything um, right yet about it. Uh, Maybe we've missed it, but the toilet bowl, at Clarksville in Tennessee is coming up this weekend, believe it or not. As of right now, still on the schedule, Rich. They had five inches of snow when I was in Nashville over the weekend, but Clarksville still planning on running their toilet bowl race. Yeah, I did notice there's some racing this weekend and the following weekend down in the Tennessee area. Um, Smoky Mountain, I think, and 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 maybe Duck River or something. But, uh, you know, I think they're waiting to see if those, those properties dry up a little yeah. bit. Uh, and 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 see how they look because uh, you know dirt tracks and snow do not go together. Not usually, um, but uh, we'll see what happens for sure. Going to be some racing in our area very soon. Uh, we're talking about Bristol Dirt Nats. That's coming up. We've talked about it the last couple of shows. That'll be coming up in about a month. And then after that, Rich, realistically, 
We're less than two months away from the first scheduled race in Michigan. Uh, Winston planning on trying to go opening weekend of April. I think they're absolutely nuts, but it's on the schedule. The player-hater makeup from 2020 is the first event here in Michigan uh, for the regular race season. We've had some Enduros and stuff, but um, they're they're looking to go the first weekend in April. I think they're absolutely crazy, but we, we've got it on the calendar, and hopefully we can go racing then. Well, they had zero luck with it, <laughs> trying to get it in two or three times at the end of 2020 due to the weather. Uh, it just got cold uh, cold out there uh, on, the, on, on the West Coast uh, really, really quick and wet. So we'll, we'll have to see. But I'm, I'm liking it, Zach. I get to come back, and a month after I'm back, four weeks after I get back from the Sunshine State, race season starts in Michigan. I am so ready. Yeah, let's get into it, man. How about it? Well, I tell you what, it's been a jam-packed show. We're well over our time here tonight. We appreciate you sticking it out and hanging out. Check out that HBH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco Metal Metal Fabrication for the dirt sprint cars. Let us know who you think is the best dirt sprint car driver in the Great Lakes region. And we will be back here, same time, same place. I will anyhow. Rich France is going to have margaritas and, uh, you know, uh, pop-tops and flip-flops and all sorts of whatever whatever Jimmy Buffett sings about. It's going to be Rich France next Monday night. But we'll try to get him on the show nonetheless. Our thanks to Jim Hanks, Michael Simcoe, for Rich France, for Scott Menlin, who pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you for tuning in. We'll talk same time, same place, right here next week, Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.